Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. In November last year, along with all our Hillsong lead pastors, we have 16 churches across the globe. And each one of them is led, obviously, by lead pastors. We're the lead pastors for Brazil and Argentina. And and all of us, along with our senior pastors, Brian and Bobby Houston, we went on a nine-day trip to study, to discover, to spend time together to Israel. It's my first time in Israel, along with my wife. It was an unforgettable time. During that time, I turned 39 years of age. I wonder if spending a birthday in Israel makes me now part Jewish. I'm not sure. (laughs) And it was (laughs) was incredible. Sorry, I just had a thought, which I'm not going to share. And uh, it was an incredible life-altering few days. I remember on the second day that we were there, we, we went to the ruins of the first and second temple. And we were... We were at the steps, the steps which they've, which they've looked after, which they've preserved, the steps which led up into the main entrance of the temple. And we went Old Testament that day because all the wives were with Pastor Bobby and all the men were with Pastor Brian. We, we separated the women and the men. Thank God we don't do that in church today. Yeah. And it, was just, it just happened that way. We're sitting on the steps with, with all the boys and, and with Brian and we're just talking. We're like, man, people came here three times a year to worship, those who were outside of the city. Jesus came to the temple to worship His Father. And we started remembering in that conversation many of the Psalms that describe worship in the temple or how people went to the temple or the thoughts people had of going to church, like better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. We started talking about those different Psalms and and we were just getting a bit overwhelmed and a bit emotional for where we were. and, And it was just amazing. And one of the Psalms I thought of was Psalm 100. Psalm 100 has five verses and and this is what it says. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Many Christians need to get a revelation of that. Serve the Lord with gladness. Not religiously, not out of obligation. We don't have to serve the Lord. We get to serve the Lord. I don't have to tithe, I want to tithe. I don't have to worship, I want to worship. I don't have to come to church, I want to come to church. Because we don't serve a religious God, we serve a relational God. Serve the Lord with gladness, gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. In verse 4 and 5, it talks about coming into the temple, coming into church. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name for the Lord is good. Somebody say amen. Amen. 
for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Not for a moment, but everlasting. His mercy is still towards you when you make your biggest mistake. Because His mercy is not for a moment or based on your behaviour. His mercy is based on His character and His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. So I love about encounter. The generations serve a generational God. And I love verse 4 because we were thinking this as we were sitting on those steps that were the entry point to the temple. It says, enter His gates with thanksgiving. How did you come to church today? How did you enter? How do you, I didn't hear what you said, but I'm sure it was good. <laughs> How did you enter church today? Did you enter with thanksgiving? Or did you enter with bitterness? Did you enter with praise on your lips or with complaint in your heart? How did you enter? It says, enter His courts with thanksgiving. Enter His gates, His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. Thanksgiving. I don't know, I don't know when to ask you how you came to church. How did you enter 2017? How did you enter this year? Did you enter with thanksgiving? Did you enter with praise? Thanksgiving is such a vital part of our faith. I know for my wife and I, we entered this new year full of gratitude, full of thankfulness towards God for what He's done, for what He's yet to do. Regardless of situations we face and the challenges that come against us, no circumstance or situation can rob us of our faithfulness, of our, of our thankfulness when we know what God has done. How did you enter 2017? How did you enter church today? I want to talk to you for just a few moments with the thought of having an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. Make sure we step into every day with gratitude in our hearts. We often lose our gratitude because we tend to focus on what we don't have instead of focusing on what's in our hands. Many times we ask God for more and don't realise what He's already done and what we already have. An attitude of gratitude. It's a custom of the day to enter His gates, to enter the house with thanksgiving, to enter every day with thanksgiving. Can I just share this with you, which I think is just a powerful thought because I've lived it in my life. A grateful person is a dangerous person to the devil. A grateful person. That's not the person with the most faith. That's not the person with the greatest gift. That's not someone who can get up and screen and bring the hoo-ha and store your expectation. I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that a grateful person is a dangerous person to the devil. Because he can throw all of hell at you. But if you don't lose your gratitude, you are someone who will stand fast and stand firm in the face of any adversity, knowing that come what may, God is good. God is faithful. He is on your side. A grateful person not only is a dangerous person for the devil, 
A grateful person is a lethal weapon for the kingdom. A grateful person. March 27 this year will be five years since my hero, my friend, man I looked up to, graduated to heaven, my father, at the age of 59. Two years earlier, on a Friday, we receive a phone call from my mum. My dad had been rushed to hospital. When we get there, because of the seizures, he was happening and basically his whole system was shutting down. After a few tests and a long few hours, we're told your, your dad won't make it to Sunday. So your goodbyes, say your goodbyes. 57 years of age at the time, two days to live. Another doctor comes in and says, listen, your dad's young. Uh, let's pump his system with the strongest, with the strongest therapy of chemotherapy there is, with the strongest treatment of chemotherapy there is. And let's see if he responds because after an analysis, they found he had a brain lymphoma. The sort of lymphoma that only one of seven people in the history of Australia have had. So he's young. Let's see if he responds. Sunday night came. My dad was still with us. His eyes started to open. Two days became two years. During those two years, during those two years, I kept preaching on Sundays that God's a healer. Kept praying for the sick, saw other sick people healed. But my dad was still facing his challenge. Prayed every day, believed God every day went to visit him daily. And what got me through those two years where after those first six months of treatment, he started to deteriorate and his body started to shut down until that day came where we worshipped with him into heaven. Hmm. Every moment that I had, every day, because we would go to visit him daily in hospital, I'd wake up and I'd say, thank you, Lord, that today I get to see my dad one more time. They gave us two days, eight months ago. But thank you, Lord, that today I get to spend time with Him. Thank you that today I can declare the Scriptures over Him. Thank you that today I can go visit Him. And being thankful for every moment I had with my father is what I believed helped me get through that situation. And when that day came where he graduated into eternity, and we said, see you later, because death is never a goodbye to those who are in Christ Jesus. It's nothing more than a see you later, because we have hope of the resurrection. It was an attitude of gratitude. I didn't get bitter. I didn't say, God, why do others and not my dad? I was like, God, thank you. Thank you that we get to see dad. Thank you that my kids get to see their granddad one more day. It's been a year and a half, God. They gave us two days. Thankful. I didn't allow the enemy to rob my faith because of gratitude that I had for every moment I had with my dad. Gratitude, friend. Gratitude is a lethal weapon. A grateful person is a dangerous person for the enemy. A grateful person will always focus on what God has already done. Psalm 69 verses 30 to 31 says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will, listen to this, and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. 
will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bull. (laughs) Have you offered God an ox or a bull lately? (laughs) He doesn't want sacrifice like that. Jesus was the last and perfect sacrifice. But we magnify him with our thanksgiving. Stop magnifying your problem with your complaints and start magnifying God with your thanksgiving. Changes everything. An attitude of gratitude, gratefulness magnifies God. Oh God, I might not have what I want to have, but God, I thank you for what you've already done and what you've already given me. God, I might not be where I want to be, but I'm so grateful that I'm not where I used to be. And we magnify God with our thanksgiving. What are the first words that come out of your mouth when you come before God? Are they please God, please? Or are they thank you God for who you are? Thank you for what you've done. A simple thank you, an attitude of gratitude changes everything. Friend, don't ask God for anything until you have thanked Him for everything. Don't ask God for anything until you have thanked Him for everything. When you're in worship, when you're in prayer, let thank you be the first words that come out of your mouth. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always. There's a word for some believers. (laughs) Could spend an hour there. Rejoice always. Not rejoice when things go good. Not rejoice when you get the promotion. Not rejoice when the bank balance is a good one. Not rejoice when you wear what you want to wear. You can buy what you want to buy. You can go where you want to go. You can drive what you want to drive. Not rejoice when all your friends love you and accept you. Not rejoice when you're on the mountaintop. Rejoice always. Always. As believers, we should be the most joyful people on the face of the planet. In the midst of a storm, we can rejoice Because the creator of heaven and earth is with us. In the midst of a trial, in the midst of a fire, we can rejoice because the promise is we may walk through the flames, but they will not burn us. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and in everything. I love that. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So many young people, when I travel, when I get out and about leading a church, they'll ask, Chris, how do I discover the will of God for my life? Simple. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Be thankful in everything. For this is the will of God. Oh, but I was expecting this grand plan. Yeah, yeah, it's grand, all right. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, be thankful in everything. And that attitude will lead you to even better things, greater things. When I think about gratitude, there's three things I want to share with you today that I pray we don't forget that we remember on a daily basis. See, this isn't the sort of message that's going to stir your faith. This isn't the sort of message where you're going to stand to your feet. I'm over people doing that. We, I don't preach to the response of people. I want to preach for heart transformation. 
I'm not preaching to you Sunday. I'm preaching to you Monday through to Saturday because this sort of attitude can change you every day. This sort of attitude can change your mindset. This sort of attitude can change your household. It's not about just the power of God on Sunday. It's about the principle of His kingdom working Monday through to Saturday so we can be agents of change in our society, in our community, in our cities and in our nation because God hasn't called us to be a Christian club. God has called us to be agents of transformation in the cities we live in. Attitude of gratitude can change it all. Number one, gratitude is is never silent, never silent. You don't think gratitude, you speak it. Gratitude is, is never silent. If you live with a grateful heart, it will flow out of your mouth. The Bible says in Luke six forty five, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in you will always come out of you. Make sure you have gratitude in your heart. It's never silent. Gratitude in every area of life, not just to God. What about to those around you? When was the last time with maybe the little you have, your wife spent three hours in the kitchen preparing a meal to bless her family, preparing a meal for her man who worked all day and came home, knows what you like, knows what your taste buds desire. No aircon in the house the humidity, the heat of the kitchen. When was the last time you sat down after you finished the meal and you said, you know what, honey, thank you for what you do. Thank you for your effort. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for this meal. Thank you. In the home can change everything. This isn't thank you. Mm. Mm. Say mi amor. Gracias. Thank you. Because gratitude is never silent. When was the last time you thanked your kids for the good behavior? Or do you only complain with their bad behavior? Gratitude in a home can change the atmosphere of the house. Gratitude. When was the last time your husband came home after a 12-hour shift, worked his rear end off, knows he should be paid more because of what he's able to bring to that firm, to that company, to that job. Works all day to provide for the family. Comes home sweaty, dirty. When was the last time you said, thank you, honey, for all your efforts? Thank you for what you do. Instead of saying, hey, get in the shower, you stink, the food's almost ready. Thank you goes a long way. You guys who are getting married, may thank you always be on your lips. Thank you. Gratitude is never silent. When was the last time you thanked God for what He's done in your life? See, we often lose our gratitude when complaint fills our heart. You know what's funny? So many believers what they once prayed for and asked God for and they now have received 
Instead of thanking God for His blessing, they complain about the burden that blessing has come. We pray, oh God, like Carlos and Ricky are praying. Oh God, give me a wife. Give me a wife. I want her to be tall. Brunette. Blonde on this side. I want her figure to be like this. I want her smile to be like that. Oh God, give me that wife. We've all prayed that prayer. Then after 15 years of marriage. So God, God, change the wife you've given me. I'm sick of her attitude. I'm sick of her not leaving me alone. I'm sick of her complaining about the socks and undies I leave on the floor. And the answer we received once to our prayer, instead of being a blessing, becomes a burden because we've lost our gratitude for the goodness of God. Oh God, give me a job. Give me a job. I need a job. I want it to pay me this. And I want it to give me these opportunities. And God responds. Oh God, I hate the people I work with. I hate my boss. He mistreats me. They don't value me. They should pay me more. And God's like, make up your mind. And instead of being grateful, we become complaining Christians because what was once a blessing turns into a burden because of an incorrect attitude. Oh God, may church grow. May people come from all over. So God, I can't get a seat anymore. The place is packed. I need to be in overflow. They want to start a building fund. They want me to give more. So hang on a second. Didn't you pray for revival? Didn't you pray for growth? Don't allow the blessing of God to become a burden on your shoulders because you've lost your gratitude. Come on, this stuff can change your life. Change your marriage, change your family. Your complaint will not change your husband. But your gratitude just might. Your complaint will not change your marriage. But your gratitude just might. Your complaint might not change your president. grateful that God is sovereign, that God is in control, that He places people in authority might just change the heart of a man because God holds our hearts in the palm of His hands. An attitude of gratitude. Come on. Thank you for my voice, Lord. Visiting my teenage years again. (laughs) We've always got a reason to be grateful. My wife's not perfect. She's close to it. (laughs) Just making a deposit in the bank. 
I will withdraw soon. <laughs> but I didn't complain about her weaknesses and failures or shortcomings. And I, I thank God for the woman of God He's given me. Amen. My family's not perfect. But I thank God for my family. Gratitude is never silent. Say thank you more. Thank you to the server at the restaurant. Thank you to the man at the gas station. Thank you to the young lady at the checkout counter in the supermarket. In Argentina, I have a mission whenever we go to the supermarket or to a store to always engage in conversation with the person serving me. Because it's not common in Argentina. People walk with their head down. There's no eye contact. There's no interaction. And Lucy and I will go to the supermarket. Hey, how's your day? And they're like, what planet are you from? <laughs> You're talking to me, asking how my day is. Has been busy. What time do you close? How long have you been here? And they're like, whoa. Oh, okay. You realize I'm a person. <laughs> fill the bags. Well, we got to fill the bags in Argentina. <laughs> they get paid too little to fill bags as well. And uh, so, hey, thank you for serving me. And they're like, what? Thank you. A thank you to someone who works behind a cash register. No child has a dream of working one day in a supermarket, in a cash register. And we don't know why they're there. We don't know the story of their life. But a simple, a simple thank you that acknowledges them could just be the thing that God uses to breathe on them and to bring hope to their heart. Gratitude. It's never silent. Number two. Gratitude, I like this, it sustains your joy. Gratitude, too many Christians have lost their joy. Way too many. But gratitude sustains your joy. There's a huge difference between happiness and joy. I don't seek to be happy. I live from a place of joy. Happiness comes and goes, but joy is my anchor. The joy of the Lord, Nehemiah 8.10 says, is our strength. The joy of the Lord, not the joy of man. And we lose our joy because we lose our gratitude. Focus on the wrong things. What hasn't happened to us. We look at others' lives and we think, why them and not us? And we become bitter before the Lord. We become bitter in life. We lose our joy, but gratitude sustains your joy, friend. We need to live with an attitude of gratitude and remember the reasons we have to be grateful. As the psalmist said, Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. I love that. Let's just stop there for a moment. The psalmist is talking to his soul. When you don't feel like worshipping because of the circumstance you're in, you need to speak to your soul. And not allow your emotions to govern you. Soul, today we will worship God. Regardless of how I feel. Regardless of what I'm facing. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Lift your hands and worship Him. Some of you need to learn to talk to yourself. Talk to your soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Here it is. And forget not. Forget not 
all His benefits. Often we lose our gratitude and we lose our joy because we've forgotten what God has done. Forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. When you choose to forget not and you are grateful, your joy is sustained. As believers, we have no reason in this world to be sad Christians because we're not governed by our emotions. The joy of the Lord is deep down on the inside of us because Jesus forgave our sin. He overcame death. He tore the veil in two so we can come boldly to the throne of grace. But when we lose our gratitude, we lose our joy. Never in the Scripture are you going to read, sing a sorrowful song to the Lord. Sing a boring song to the Lord. Let's clap your hands, all you people. Sing a joyous song. Sing a loud song to the Lord. Because regardless of what goes on around us, we have reasons to be joyful. The King of heaven came to live amongst us. To pay the price for our sin. To overcome death. So that you and I could walk with God. Could live out our God-given lives here on earth. Gratitude sustains your joy. Joel Osteen once said, I don't know if you know him. He's just got a small church in Houston. Just packs out a few small arenas all over the world. Up and coming preacher. (laughs) He said, one of the main reasons that we lose our enthusiasm or joy in life is because we become ungrateful. We let what was once a miracle become common to us. We get so accustomed to His goodness that it becomes nothing more than a routine. Gratitude sustains your joy. Gratitude is never silent. And number three, I love this one. God, give my voice strength for this one. Gratitude might not change your problem, but it will change your perspective. It will change your perspective. Friends, your situation doesn't have to improve for your gratitude to increase. Gratitude will not always change your problem. Sometimes it will. Francis Frangipine said, The thankful heart sees the best part of every situation. It sees problems and weaknesses as opportunities, struggles as refining tools, and sinners as saints in progress. Gratitude changes your perspective. What do you see? Do you see a glass half full or half empty? I choose to focus on what's in the glass instead of focusing on what's missing. Because I'm grateful for what I have. Don't need to focus on what I don't have. God's in control of that. Gratitude will always change your perspective. Often it can change your problem. Paul and Silas in Acts 16, in the dungeon, chained, chained to a wall, wrists and ankles, 
They don't decide to complain. They don't decide, they don't decide to murmur, to say, oh, whoa, woe is us. Look at our situation. We're preaching the Gospel. We're serving God. We find ourselves in prison. No, Acts 16 says, but at midnight, the darkest moment of the night, at midnight, in their darkest moment, they begin to sing, sing, sing songs, hymns and worship God. And the Bible says that the jail cell was shaken. The chains were broken. The gates were opened so that they could walk out free. And I've heard it preached and there's nothing wrong with it. I've heard it preached that because they began to worship God, God broke them out of the jail. But I beg to differ with that thought. I'll tell you why. Because Psalm 22 says that God inhabits the praises of His people. The Bible says that where His presence is, there is liberty, there is freedom. So I don't think for one moment that when they began to praise God, God broke them out of the cell. I believe with all my heart that in the midst of their deep and darkest moment, when they continue to worship God, God broke into the cell. And because He broke in, the result of that was freedom, chains breaking, gates opening, lives being set free because He inhabits the praises of His people. And when you maintain an attitude of gratitude, it just may be that God will break into your situation and set you free. But even if He doesn't, Gratitude might not change the problem, but it will always change your perspective. Ah, listen to Paul. Paul's a freak. I can't wait to meet him when I get to heaven. <laughs> After I say hi, hi to Jesus, and I ask Adam and Eve, why the heck did you eat the apple? <laughs> what are you thinking? I have to suffer so much. No, I'm joking. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 18. This is what I'm going to end with. Listen to Paul's perspective. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore... We do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 
While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What attitude do you have in the face of trial, in the face of affliction, in the face of pain? An attitude of gratitude will change your perspective. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. The glass, half full, not half empty. Let's live in 2017 with grateful hearts. In this house, thank God for the past. We honour it. But thank God for the future that awaits We will always be more loyal as people of faith. In our house, we have a saying. We will always be more loyal to the future than we are to the past. We're grateful for the past. We have faith for today and hope for tomorrow. And an attitude of gratitude, friend, may just be the thing that unlocks all that God has for you in 2017. Don't remain silent. May thank you be on your lips. Thank God for your pastors. Thank God for your leaders. Thank God for your spouse. Thank God for your job. Thank God for what is in the bank. Stop complaining about what's not in the bank. Thank God for your government. Thank God for your nation. Thank God for the opportunity He has given you. Don't remain silent because gratitude is never silent. Gratitude will sustain your joy even in the midst of a storm because Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer take heart I have overcome the world so even in the midst of a sinking ship the circumstance cannot steal your joy if you remain with an attitude of gratitude before God and gratitude will always change your perspective come on your cup is half full and God's going to fill it to overflowing because you're going to thank Him for everything before you ask Him for anything. An attitude of gratitude. I'm grateful that God sent Jesus to die on a cross, to shed His blood so that the forgiveness of our sin could be our portion. I don't know who you are today, friend. I don't know what brought you to this place. One thing I do know is you're not here by coincidence or you're not here by chance. You're here in the plan and purpose of God for your life because He loves you. Every person in this room is important to God. Every person in this room is loved by God. And that's why I'm grateful. He loves you. He is for you. And if you find yourself in this sort of atmosphere and environment for the first time, And you don't know this God. When you think of God, you think of religion, tradition. God's not a God of religion. He's a personal God. He's a God of relationship. Why? Because He's a God of love and He loves you. He desires to be in relationship with you. That's why He sent Jesus. To open up the way so all of us in our imperfections could have a relationship with a perfect God. If you're not walking in relationship with Him, I'd love to pray for you today. doesn't matter who you are, where you've been or what you've done. You might say, oh, Chris, you don't know my past. Hey, you don't know my past. You don't know Ricky's past. But go ask Him what God has done. Because He's a trophy of grace. And He's a testimony that God looks beyond our imperfections and looks to willing hearts that are wanting to open to Him. The sin of your past. 
is no more powerful than His grace. The mistakes you made yesterday are not greater than His grace, than His mercy. He loves you, friend. And if you're not in relationship with Him, I'd love to pray for you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to bring salvation to your life. He wants to give you a brand new start. But what I love about Jesus, He's the ultimate gentleman. He'll never force His way in. He awaits an invitation. And I would love to pray a prayer of invitation with every individual, every young person, adult, and everyone in between that wants to invite Jesus into their lives. Maybe you're hearing at some point you prayed, but since then things went south, you turned your back on God. The good news for you is He never turned His back on you. And it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done, nothing or no one can separate you from His love. If you're backsliding in your heart, you've drifted from God, choose today to reconnect with Him to reconcile your heart to Him with every eye closed and every head bowed. If you need to say yes to Jesus for the first time and begin a relationship with Him, if you need to come back to Him because you've drifted away, I'm talking to you. And if you would say, Chris, include me in this prayer while eyes are closed and heads are bowed, right where you're seated or standing, would you raise your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it so I can pray for you? Praise God. Hands are going up all over this place, just like it was in the first two services. Salvation is in the house today. So many people saying yes to Jesus. So many people responding. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Who else today? Join these amazing people. You're not on your own, friend. Say yes to Jesus if you're not walking in relationship with Him. Raise your hand and join these people. Awesome. Awesome. Put your hands down. I'm going to ask us all to stand to our feet. And I'm going to lead those of you who raised your hand in a prayer. I'm going to ask you to repeat these words after me. But because church is family, not a crowd, everyone's going to repeat these words along with you supporting you in this decision you're making today. So in a loud voice, let's all pray together by saying, Dear Lord Jesus Christ, I open up my heart to you today and surrender ownership of my life to you. Forgive me for all my sin. Wipe away my past and give me a brand new start. I declare you my Lord and Saviour and ask that you'd guide me and help me in living a life that follows you. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said together, come on, can we celebrate these amazing people? We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.